The Daily 202's Big Idea is supported by Battelle. For 90 years, the employees of Battelle have solved the world's most challenging problems, finding solutions and really big ideas. At Battelle, it can be done. Learn more at battelle.org 90. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, August 20th. In today's news, President Trump caves to the NRA on background checks yet again. The attorney general fires the head of the Bureau of Prisons as the NYPD fires a cop. And Facebook and Twitter take action against China for using bots against Hong Kong. But first, the big idea. The White House is eyeing a temporary cut in the payroll tax as one way to stave off the looming recession. The talks are still in their early stages and have included a range of other tax breaks. Senior officials haven't decided whether to formally push Congress to approve any of these measures. But top people at Treasury and inside the White House are increasingly fixated on ways they can juice the slowing economy enough to get President Trump reelected in 2020 or to otherwise postpone the pain until there's a new president so that he or she would be left holding the bag. Workers, of course, pay payroll taxes on incomes up to $132,900, that is. So cutting the tax has remained a popular idea for many lawmakers, especially Democrats seeking to deliver savings for middle-income earners and, and not the wealthiest Americans. If Washington implemented a similarly sized reduction to what lawmakers did a decade ago during the depths of the Great Recession, this could actually equate to a bigger tax break for many middle class families than the 2017 tax law that Republicans pushed through, which disproportionately helped the richest 1% and the biggest corporations. But these payroll tax cuts can also dramatically add to the deficit and, depending on how they're designed, pull billions of dollars away from Social Security. The payroll tax cuts during the Obama administration, again, that was during the Great Recession, reduced revenue by more than $100 billion each year. But the Obama administration directed other revenue to Social Security, which is what the payroll tax is supposed to support. It's unclear if the Trump team would take that tack. Meanwhile, a new survey from the National Association for Business Economics found that three of four leading economists are now predicting that the U.S. will enter a recession by 2021. A recession is three quarters of consecutive economic decline. On Twitter, Trump is calling upon the Federal Reserve to cut interest rates by at least 100 basis points. He's also pinning the blame for any potential economic downturn on the central bank and its chairman, Jerry Powell, who he appointed. The Fed funds rate, which Trump is trying to tell central bankers to cut, is currently at 2.25 percent. Slashing at 100 basis points would lower that rate to 1.25 percent, giving The Fed very little additional wiggle room to maneuver if a full-fledged recession begins. Fed officials have said they do not make decisions based on political pressure, but Trump has taken his attacks on the central banks to new extremes, particularly this month, and they have shown they're pretty receptive to that pressure. And Trump's industrial policy continues to fail. U.S. Steel has just announced plans to lay off hundreds of workers in Michigan, The global trade wars began when Trump first put in place protectionist policies to help these very steel mills. Now, U.S. Steel says it will idle two blast furnaces at its Great Lakes and the Gary Works plants, citing lower steel prices and softening demand. This is a blow for these communities. 
Global stocks are paused this morning around the world as investors are taking a wait-and-see approach to the trade war and to see what the Fed does next. There's a big conference in Jackson Hole this weekend where Jerry Powell is supposed to speak. People are trying to get a sense of what that will say about the Fed. Shares in the world's largest mining company, BHP, are dropping after the CEO said in an earnings call that the trade dispute between the world's two largest economies, us and the Chinese, has clouded his company's outlook for the coming year. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, President Trump is Lucy, gun control is the football, and Congress is Charlie Brown. Following his now well-established pattern after mass shootings, Trump is backing away from his earlier support for gun background check legislation. When the bodies are still being buried, whether after Las Vegas or Parkland or El Paso and Dayton, This president proclaims that he will take meaningful action to address the epidemic of gun violence. But then as the public's attention wanes and he faces pushback from the NRA, Trump always returns to saying that the problem needs to be addressed, but that the problem is actually mental health. It's just like the Charles Schultz comic strip, but this version isn't funny. Behind the scenes, Trump's communications with key lawmakers, including West Virginia moderate Democrat Joe Manchin, have gone cold. Trump's campaign says their internal polling shows little support for significant action among his Republican base, which is what they're focused on. One person close to the president says he's not going to do anything to rock the boat. Quote, he isn't inclined to do much right now, this person saying. Some Republicans note that Trump has shown no inclination really ever to lead on any kind of effort for legislation that's opposed by his base. Last year, he briefly floated support for offering a path to citizenship for some undocumented immigrants in exchange for billions in funding for a border wall, but he quickly backed off that idea in the face of conservative backlash. There's new scrutiny today on something else Trump did. During his first week in office, at the behest of the NRA, Trump signed an executive order that rolled back Obama-era regulations aimed at making it more difficult for mentally ill people to buy firearms. So it's actually easier for the mentally ill to get guns now than when Trump took office. Number two, the New York Police Department fired the officer who was caught on video with his arm around the neck of 43-year-old Eric Gardner just before he died five years ago. Gardner famously said, I can't breathe. NYPD Commissioner James O'Neill announced the decision yesterday, weeks after a departmental disciplinary judge recommended that the officer, Daniel Pantaleo, be terminated. Pantaleo's union said they would try to overturn the decision. Often these kinds of appeals do work. O'Neill, the commissioner, called his decision extremely difficult, and he acknowledged that the move would anger rank and file officers. In fact, he said if he was still a cop, he'd be mad at himself. Meanwhile, Attorney General Bill Barr has replaced the head of the Bureau of Prisons in the wake of Jeffrey Epstein's death in federal custody. Hugh Hurwitz will be replaced by Kathleen Sawyer, who served as the director of the Bureau of Prisons from 1992 when Barr was previously attorney general through 2003. Even before Epstein's death, Justice Department officials had privately been expressing frustration with senior officials at the Bureau. But the apparent management flaws that have been discovered since Epstein died have angered the department's leaders, especially the attorney general. The Justice Department has also deployed additional personnel from across the country to buttress the workforce at the Manhattan Correctional Center, where Epstein died. The autopsy released this past Friday afternoon concluded that Epstein hanged himself and that there was not foul play. Number three, 
Twitter and Facebook said they have taken action against China for using hundreds of fake accounts to sow discord in Hong Kong. This marks the first time that the social media giants have identified the regime in Beijing directly for spearheading such an operation. Twitter said it's suspending nearly a thousand Chinese accounts and banning advertising from state-owned media companies, citing a, quote, significant state-backed information operation related to undermining the pro-democracy demonstrations on the Hong Kong island. Meanwhile, Facebook said it's removing five Facebook accounts, seven pages, and three groups after being tipped off to the use of a number of deceptive tactics, including the use of fake accounts. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, August 20th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.